what meditation really drove home and pushed further is the ability to honor myself and not worry about what anyone else thinks about that. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. Hey guys, most of you know that I have returned back to a plant-based diet, so my beverage consumption has increased quite quite a bit. Don't judge. I know there's some of you out there that really enjoy beverages. So one of my favorite things to drink lately, which I'm consuming a lot of, is Four Sigmatic's new Golden Latte Mushroom Mix. It has shiitake and turmeric in it. It's totally organic, caffeine-free, vegan, and only one gram of palm sugar per serving. I love being able to travel with these little packets because they're really easy to make. All you need is some hot water. Some of the additional ingredients in the golden latte are adaptogenic tulsi, warming ginger, and a pinch of black pepper to support turmeric skin-loving properties. So not only do your insides feel amazing, but your skin looks great. Go to Four Sigmatic now and enter promo code RADICALLYLOVED, that's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D to get 15% off of your entire purchase. Be sure to check out all the other products that they have there as well. Hey listeners, we need your support. Help us by subscribing and rating to this podcast. Send us a snapshot of your review or comment and we will send you a very special Radically Loved gift. Send your comment to info at radicallyloved.com. You can also click on the show notes here on this podcast for more information. If you want to be part of our community, please click the link to our private Facebook group, on the show notes of this particular podcast so you can be the first to hear of upcoming trainings, retreats, and special Radically Loved events. Thanks so much for listening. People are always asking about finding balance with their career and their home life, you know, especially now with I feel like if you're in the world of self-development in some capacity, you're basically um, held in in this pedestal that your life has to be perfect. Yes. And that everything, that basically you're the vision of what this life is. And for me personally, I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus. It is so <laughs> not like that because I feel like I'm constantly working to find that balance right? Absolutely. So I'm curious with you having this business and your career just in general, like 
how have you been able, first of all, how did you get to this point? I'd like, just give me a little background. Sure. And then how have you been able to find the balance with, with being a business owner and being in, in the world of helping everybody else create more balance in their life? I mean, it's such a funny question because I'm very honest about it when I say it's hard and I don't always have the balance, but I'll back up and tell you how I got here and then we'll go there. Um, I worked in entertainment for years since I moved out here, so probably about 15 years. Um, My last job was running comedy at NBC, so it wasn't a small job. So I was very busy. I mean, the volume was insane. I loved it. I still feel very lucky to have ever even had that career. Um, And I really did love it. I was exhausted, though, towards the end, and I was losing my spirit, for lack of a better word. Like, I could tell, like, the last few years, I was definitely not loving where I was, even though I was very thankful for it. And I could never place why. I just felt like I was going through a divorce and a bunch of stuff. So I think I kind of just blame my personal life on not feeling perfectly happy instead of realizing, like, no, I think you're just in the wrong direction. When that job finally ended and I'd been begging, I kept saying, like, oh, what I would do for three months off... I stuck to it. When the job ended, I said, I'm taking three months off minimum. And that's hard to do in that business because when you get a lot of offers and people are trying to take care of you, you kind of get nervous that if you don't jump on it, you're never going to be back in. And I was really adamant. I would tell people like, no, I'm actually taking minimum three months off. And people would call two weeks later and like, oh, we thought you were kidding. And um, three months then led to six months because three months was not enough. Um, and I always had the idea for the den. Like I had it while I was in my old job. I started meditating when I was there and I kept looking for a place like the den and it didn't exist. So I kept being like, how can I meditate before work? How can I meditate after work so I can actually have a regular practice? And I could not believe every time I looked it up online, it just wasn't there. So the idea was already percolating and existed. It actually solidified for me when I was in New York for upfronts, which was a very entertainment thing to do in the spring. Um, because I've told this story before, I ended up at the Dharma Center for three hours because New York didn't have anything like it either at the time. Now, I love things like that, and I was there for work, so I could go for three hours. It was the weekend. But I was like, who the fuck has three hours of time every time they want to meditate? Like, sometimes it's amazing. Yeah. And also, I remember going there, and there was, I don't remember, it, was very, it felt very specific, which I also loved, but I remember thinking, oh, God, so many of my friends would not come here. They'd feel like I was trying to bring them into a cult or... You know, I kept joking, can they smell the meat off, like, my pores? You know, things like that. And that's when the idea solidified for me of, like, oh, not only should there be a place you can drop in and take classes that's easy for everybody, it needs to be a place that feels accessible to all. So that people don't keep looking at meditation as this woo-woo thing that only you have to behave a certain way in order to have it. I wanted to make it more mainstream. Now look, so many things worked in my favor. It became more mainstream simultaneously to us opening the doors. I would never take credit for that. It just all happened at the right time. But it did go into every ounce of like how the den looks, what the den was about, like what we try to put out there. So that's how I got here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so look, I've always been a person to answer your other question who's had a lot going on. It does suit my personality. I am high energy. I mean, have you been like this your entire life? Always. So that's the thing. Like some people at first probably think I'm like a crazy neurotic human being, but I'm actually not neurotic. I just have a lot of energy, which is different. Like it's actually very different, but people assume I'm like this anal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm actually really not. I just, I don't sleep that much. I wish I slept more and I can still plow through the day. I don't drink caffeine. I mean, every once in a while, but it's rare. I just naturally have 
a lot of energy. It's true. So I tend to be someone who thrives off of that. So to go to your point of balance, I take on way too much stuff. I always have. It's um, if I see something, I feel like I can make it happen. So therefore, I'm making 25 things happen at all times. Um, so when the business started, I'm very honest with people. My balance went to shit. So that was kind of the irony of it all. I created a space to really help teach other people how to take care of themselves, yeah. how to learn about themselves more. And I could not have been farther from it than ever. I mean, I had a baby at the same time. So my whole life really did go down to me taking care of every single person except for myself. I mean, it was, I kind of look back to that first year and my whole body actually cringes because it was like survival mode. It was just, I was working the front desk seven days a week. I had a, like I said, a newborn baby at home. So I was either with her or there and I didn't, I barely was sleeping. I would take five minute naps, set my alarm for five minutes because I knew I would actually fall into a deep sleep. And oh when the alarm goodness. would go off, I'd have like drool coming down. Like my, that's like how tired I was. <laughs> five minutes. So my point is I never try and be a hypocrite. I'm fully aware of how difficult it is to balance things. I've come a long way of A, not having that but really working hard. I think the key is treat your life like you're like you like it's a company in some ways. I mean, it works for me. Like I schedule now my time. Like I'm really anal about this is when I either exercise, which I'm trying to get better at, or this is when I meditate and I try and really schedule it or I block off certain things like the weekends I'm mom, like I something really big has to happen for me to take away from being mom on the weekends. Um, so I really do schedule things. Like I feel like it's like yeah. you have to be a CEO of your own company. So let me figure out how I need to organize it to keep the machine working. And I've become way more accepting of letting go of the guilt of what I think self-care induces sometimes, mm -hmm. especially if you're a doer. Yeah. You've spent your whole life doing. So I think you feel like if you're not doing then you're failing somehow or you just feel guilty. Yeah. I mean, you've just proven yourself. I, I mean, I proved myself through my old business and then this business by doing. Yeah. So I feel like when I'm not doing it, it's like... Something's, ha something's wrong. Actually, this is a really great topic because I feel like a lot of the time we might encounter that, that feeling or that guilt of I'm not doing enough, especially with things that we see comparatively other people doing like social media or other businesses popping up. It's like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And I mean, even just, you know, in your old job, like having that same drive, I mean, you're running an entire company. I yeah. mean, essentially it's like, exhausting. so, so how do we begin to identify when we're, because to me, those are all the the beginnings of self-sabotage. Yes. Right? Yeah. I feel like for me, it's taking the moment of, I mean, like I said, a lot of it was releasing the guilt of realizing I'm only going to be as good as myself and knowing that I actually really deserve to feel better. Look, I've also been lucky. I've had some really amazing moments of my life. So whether it be through meditation or moments where I've always been even in my small amount of time, very good at knowing how to click in, for lack of a better word. Like, you know, whether it was snowboarding down a mountain and just feeling like that energy that you can't even describe or like basically the trees are talking to you, the sun is talking to you, like the whole universe is like screaming through your body. Like I've had so many moments of that in my lifetime that 
I started to look at it that way. Why can't I get that more often? And why can't I, I also know I operate better when that happens. It's like a jolt of creativity. It's a jolt mm. of energy. It's a jolt of being more present. It's a jolt of my brain thinking faster, better, clearer. So even taking away just meditating every day, which I know everyone says, I've had these moments of understanding when I am more connected to the universe as a whole and to myself, everything just is like magic. And so part of me is like, okay, selfishly, if I have to look at it that way, why aren't I trying to get that magic all the time? And that to me was like, self-care gets me closer to that. So I know that sounds like probably not the best way to pitch it as far as like the wellness world, but I do know a lot of us are a little goal oriented. So it's like, I've and I try, look, I don't like to live in goals, but there is something about me being like, oh, I know I am at my best when I feel like that. So I need to take care of myself to get back there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And I, I, I love that you're saying that, well, for you, you're able to reflect on that and have that self-awareness to realize what those things are, you know? So, yes. so you must have had a lot of practice doing that. I mean, I, I really do feel like I've just been so lucky. I, I mean, I think we've all had them, but not everyone realizes it. I mean, we all know those moments where you're just like, this is the best day. And you just, you know what I mean? And you don't always know why. Like, and look, maybe you right. have a beer in your hand or something and you might blame it on the alcohol. But like, you can feel that way without it too. Like, yeah. you know, maybe it's a certain drug and you're out at night and that's why people go back to certain drugs. I get it. But you can also feel that without doing it. And sometimes it's like just watching a sunset and you just feel incredible or you randomly, whatever, because it's a walk of shame in college or something, you saw the most amazing sunrise, which you normally wouldn't see. But like, right. what did that sunrise do for you? You're probably like, holy shit, it's those moments. I'm getting it now actually talking about it. You get this tingle through your entire body where you feel like, I'm so lucky. This moment, even if it lasts for two seconds, I am so lucky. And... I don't think I've mentioned anything that nobody in this world can achieve. Like it's watching a sunrise, it's watching a sunset that exists everywhere. It's, you know, sometimes it's an amazing conversation with a friend that hopefully exists everywhere for everyone too. It can really be sometimes walk, looking around. I get it sometimes looking at my family when we're all together. I just get this, like this tingly, goosebumpy feeling of, oh my God, this is so lovely. I'm so lucky. Yeah. And that to me, self-care helps you get more often and also without always having to have those moments. Yeah. That, I mean, I, yeah, know, no, I feel that, like I'm getting a little woo-woo. No, no, but I totally agree because I think it's being, to me, it's just a practice of gratitude. You know, it and is. I know it's, that it's, I say that all the time. It's such a simple practice, but people don't do it and it changes everything. Yeah. I mean, I just had this, uh, this, and, and for me, I, I'm right on board with you. I'm, I'm the same way. I always try to look at the best possible outcome or instead of thinking about anytime I'm upset and, I, and I'm talking about something, I always say, okay, I'm, it's okay for me to be angry, irritated, and upset mm -hmm. and even act a little bit like a capricious child. That's okay. Yeah. But I'm just going to watch the words that are coming out of my mouth and take out any negative words to see if I can express my anger in a different way. That's a beautiful practice. Yeah. And, and most of the time, the, the anger or the irritation, it goes away because I'm not able to use the words like, I'm so fucking pissed right now. <laughs> you know you're not what I mean? fueling it. Right. That's it's actually so smart. And then it's like, okay, then, then it just dissipates and it goes. And then I'm able to be like, oh, okay, now 
What am I really grateful for? What is this opportunity? What is this opportunity teaching me? And I think that's what's so huge. I mean, I think that's so great because a, you're not fueling the anger. So if you actually take a moment, even if you describe what you're upset about, choosing different words, it's going to dissipate because you're looking at it objectively. Right. So you're not fueling and stewing and sitting yeah. in it. And like you said, there's rarely a situation that whether you're annoyed about it, you can't step back and be like, okay, what are the good things from this? And also, what am I learning from this? Or why am I reacting to this? So what does that say about me? Because almost always it's something about us. Yeah. And so here's another kind of add-on to, to the, the question. When you've noticed, when do you react? Like now that you have this experience, you're a mom, like you have the two businesses, <laughs> um, you know, you've had all this life experience. What do you notice now creates the reactivity? Well, I, I'm laughing because I'm like, if you ask my husband, this would be a very different answer. I would say he is for sure my trigger. Um, it's why, no, because I like to be honest because I do think in business and in like friendships and stuff, I'm actually very calm. Now, it doesn't mean I don't react. I'm passionate. Clearly, I think you can hear that. I can be like, what the fuck? I'm from New Jersey. Like I've got the whole thing down. But in general, like... I'm pretty good about being like, yeah, that sucks. And like, you just got to keep moving forward and rolling with it and not letting it affect them. Now, my husband slash boyfriend, who I love dearly, and I actually am so thankful for him for exactly what we're talking about. I do think we were in each other's lives to push each other into where we both need to grow. I think he's clearly a reflection of everything I need to work on. Like, so he triggers me like it's no one else. Now, I've gotten so much better with him too. I... I'm actually really proud of myself, how I don't get triggered nearly as often, but to say that I still get triggered. So there's still moments where all of a sudden I'm that crazy New Jersey lunatic in two seconds that I'm like, wait, what? And I think the difference though is I see it really quickly. So after it happens, like I right away, instead of still being angry at him, I'm usually disappointed in myself, if that makes sense. So even though I still get triggered and I still react, I don't like to pretend, oh, I never react anymore. I mean, we're all human. It's... um, I have the ability usually pretty quickly. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not angry at whatever start. I still probably have whatever issue I had, but I can see it from a more global perspective, understand, okay, this is really what's upsetting you. He did the blah, blah, blah. You need this or you weren't getting whatever it is. And I'm usually more often than not kind of bummed at myself. Like I just have to talk through, now why did that trigger you? Like I usually Mm -hmm. do that. Like why did it trigger you? What was it? that was said so you can start figuring out how to navigate it. And I've gotten so much better at it because I've started really doing a lot of self-inquiry after I've behaved that way. Yeah. I've started really looking right back at the situation instead of analyzing it about how much he sucks. I've been like, well, how much do you suck? Do you know what I mean? I know, again, I'm not using the proper wellness terminology. We should never judge ourselves. And it's not judgment. It's more honesty. Like I'm looking at it more honestly. And it's really helped me form an honest conversation with myself with being like, oh, you clearly have an issue with this. So let's be really mindful the next time this happens or he says something, like don't expect this response and take them off. Like I think because I can now get almost two steps ahead of it, it's really helped me. Yeah, yeah, because you're able to see where it's headed. Yeah, my most recent one, I've realized one of the things that triggers me most with him is when I feel like I have to really explain my feelings or I have to really explain, like I don't get it that he doesn't understand where I'm coming from. It drives me crazy. I feel like a petulant child begging to be heard. And there's nothing worse in a relationship than trying to force someone to see something from your point of view. Right. Oh, that's the worst. And I finally just said to myself, okay, here's your new goal. 
you say something once, like whatever it is you're feeling, whether it's about yourself or a situation or about you got whatever it is you say at once, and then you let it go. It's not your job to explain anything to him. He either figures it out on his own, he either understands it right away, or he doesn't. And it's just not your job. And like, let it go. And then move forward. And honestly, that has changed everything. And just by using those specific words to myself, like, not your job to explain it. It's yeah. your job to express yourself and to honor your truth. And then it's your job to walk, like, to move forward, to yeah. not hold on to that in regards to him. It's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's and it's, very, uh... it's been huge because, A, I've been giving him the space to come yeah. to it at his own, which, by the way, once I've started doing this, he does usually get there because I've given him space, space to, to do, do it. it. And, and if he doesn't, maybe he's, maybe that's not his journey or maybe he'll get there further down the road or maybe he won't, but it's not my job to fix that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so, I mean, that's we can all got my triggers and my reactivity. You're there like, you go. boom. <laughs> I hope he's listening to this. So I you mean, can see how evolved you are. But that's are. why I'm laughing because like, <laughs> okay, if I pretended not to trigger, he would be like, <laughs> he'd be like, excuse oh me. Oh my God. <laughs> um, who was tall before meditation? I mean, I'm really lucky because um, a lot of what we talked about in the beginning of this conversation, I've always been very receptive to those innate feelings like we were just talking about yeah. like that like that feel the first thing I think I said was the snowboard moment like that was something I had way before I ever started meditating things like that I remember very clearly that I used to call back upon a lot whenever I was like having I mean, a, yeah having a bad day I'd be like yeah. remember that feeling so I feel like I've always been really lucky that I think innately probably thanks to my mom I'm sure I had a lot of the skill sets that I think meditation gives you but what meditation really drove home and pushed further is the ability to honor myself and not worry about what anyone else thinks about that. So whatever that means, like really letting go of judgment. Now I'm working on it as far as me not having any judgment towards others, but really letting go of anyone's judgment towards me and just honoring whatever it is I need, no matter what society or someone may think about it. That's been the biggest gift of meditation to me is just really getting to know myself better and becoming best friends. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So, I mean, yes, it's all those other things that everyone says is less anxiety. I've never really been that anxious of a person, but it, it does make decision making easier. It does make reactivity better, all of those things. But I think for me, really, that's been the biggest difference. Yeah. Why, why was it so important for you to have this space? This space? This the space, the den. Um, for me, I like I said, I was really looking for it. And it came out of a need, I guess a selfish need. I was just like, how I really want this practice to be more regular. I want to like feel the benefits. I want to dive deeper. And I was struggling because I worked a lot. I had a crazy life. And as much as I'd love to be that person who's like, okay, I'm going to sit every single day. I need to be held accountable. I mean, that's just who I am. I can't run unless I'm training for a race. It's like, it's just a little bit more, which I know a lot of people are like that. Like yeah. it's, it's why people have trainers. It's why it's really hard for people to self-motivate Motivate. sometimes and just do it. So I was desperately looking like, well, I'll just go before work. I'll go during lunch if I have to. Like, where can I go? And it just didn't exist. And I, as time went on more, and I said the idea kept crystallizing and I got deeper into my meditation and more just self-awareness of what meditation can do to you individually and then as a community and then as a universal idea of it. I was like, oh my God, how are we not putting this out there more? So 
that's what it me meant for me then. What it means for me now is it's really, 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 really amazing to see how people are really getting to know themselves, love themselves, and evolve. And to be there for people, whether it be, you know, some people come in and they're sick, like they're dealing with breast cancer, or someone just passed away, or a breakup, or something that's really just not easy in their life, or changing jobs. And to be there for them during that time has been such a gift and an honor. And then just people who are just trying to get to know themselves better. It's just awesome to watch. It's just yeah. really cool to see this community forming and to see people diving deeper and to know that this has an effect on everyone. Like the more all of us do this, the better it is for everybody. I mean the whole, like even if you're not the one doing it, you're going to receive the benefits, yeah. but the more we do it, the better it is. So yeah, there are no like contraindications for meditation. No. It's like, <laughs> no, I mean, we joke cause our waiver is so long and everyone's like, oh, is it? <laughs> I mean, cause you get a lawyer involved and next thing you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it drives me crazy, but I always laugh. I'm like, yeah, you can sue us if you're too happy. It's like, oh. But on that note, too, we all know meditation isn't like a miracle cure for happiness either. Right. It's a get to know yourself and figure out how to do the work. A quick message from our sponsor. If you're looking for a nutrient system that truly embraces and complements the mind-body balance in a holistic, nurturing way, then wellness kits from Uveda are your natural answer. They're created with the help of naturopathic and Ayurvedic practitioners committed to the healing traditions mantra of purity and harmony. These top quality ingredients are hand-picked and refined in a way that preserve utmost quality and potency. Discover a wide range of formulas that deliver essential fatty acids, herbs, probiotic strains, and enzymes to help support your health and wellness needs. Whether you're looking for a natural detox support, a gentle digestive aid, soothing probiotics, or a formula dense in vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, you can be assured you're getting only the best natural healing remedies for your body. Go to uveda.com, that's Y-O-U-V-E-D-A.com, and enter the promo code ROSIE, R-O-S-I-E, for a special discount on your first purchase. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I find uh, that would really sort of uh, irritate me a little bit was just the idea of, you know, attitude of gratitude and like, that's it. It's like, you have to take action. Yeah. Like, where's the part where you actually have to do something? Like, take action and take agency in your own uh, choices and your own life. And people are really, that's a really hard one for me. I struggle when I see people not move forward at all. And I, and look, and I know that's what I work on. Like I said, lack of judgment and judgment's a very harsh word for it, but just letting people have their own journeys. Yeah. But sometimes I want to like shake people and be like, you can take such a little baby step forward and it's going to shift everything. And you're the only one who can take that baby step. Nobody can yeah. take it for you. And it's the little, it's like the tiniest little things people can do every day that will start shifting their life in huge ways. And so it, it, it's, it's hard for me to watch that too. Like people yeah. do need to take ownership and they need to take responsibility. What do you, why do you think people have such a hard time doing that? You know, taking that next step or, you know, one of the things that I say all the time is 
in order to see far, first you have to be able to look close. But but in, in an addendum to that, because I feel like, yeah, but there needs to be something else. You also need to be willing to take action and to do what it takes. I think it's a few things. I think some people don't even know what to the, do. Like, yeah. e- even if it's a basic action thing that all of us, like it could be something not even spiritual, just like go do this, like go apply for a job, like whatever it is. But some people just don't even know where to begin. There's a, I think more on the global perspective, I think there's a lot of fear. I think it's really, really easy to blame everybody and everything else than to ever take ownership. Because when you start looking inward, as you know, it can be really painful because you start to realize the times you missed, probably the missed opportunities, probably the people you may have hurt, probably the ways you actually need to start working to improve yourself. And that's not only sometimes scary, sad, and anger-inducing. It's like, oh, fuck, I have all this shit I need to do. (laughs) It can be overwhelming. So... It feels huge, I think, but I always, like, when I think about it, I'm like, it's so much bigger, it's so much bigger with the stasis than if you actually start moving. It's like, kind of like when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I can't run, like the most simple thing, if I start working out, it's going to be awful, my bones are going to hurt, my muscles are going to be tired, and I don't have the time. And then if you just went for even a 10-minute walk, you're like, that was so easy, and I could do it. The actual action is always so much easier than all the blocks you put up yeah. to do them. And so I wish people would push through that, but it's the ego is like brutal and it will set up a ton of roadblocks for you. And it's I think the minute you can breathe through them and start realizing I just have to do one little thing. And then you're then it is like being a child. You get really proud of yourself for doing that one little thing. And then you realize, oh I could do that. And then you see one little result from that yeah. one little thing. And it just starts it starts like, you know, spiraling in a yeah. great way. I also feel like having a community or having people around you that are also encouraging you and not, Huge. you know, um, telling you that you're going to fail or that you don't have the support. I think that's a big thing too. That's why I think in anything, again, you know, even in just people's spiritual pursuits, having places like the den you know or having like a place to go to where you can meet people that are like-minded but I feel like just in general you know even people listening to this podcast that don't have a studio or anywhere close to them where they can go find support you can always find people that are going to help support you on your path yeah and I think part of it's also opening up about it I think some people feel like oh that person would never understand or that person doesn't wouldn't agree and you know now they might not jump on board and do it with you but i guarantee not every single person but most of like your friends would probably be really interested in hearing that that's what's going on in your head and that's what you're thinking about and probably very supportive now again they might not be like let's do this together they may which would be great but I think people will surprise you more often than not and frankly if they are the people who think those are bad ideas then they're probably not the best people to hang out with anyway because friends should be listening to anything that comes out of your mouth bad or good I think I mean I honestly feel like if a friend told me they murdered someone, I would sit down and be like, okay, this is a fucking lot, but like, let's talk about it. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean though? I, I, my instinct wouldn't be like, you're banished. I'd be like, oh, let's figure out what we're going to do. Like, who do we need to talk to? Like, are you, I mean, I just feel oh, like- Oh, you're like, let's go get a shovel and like- No, 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 not necessarily <laughs> yeah, that. But kidding. I just mean, yeah, come to me if you want to hide anything. <laughs> I'm your gal. No, but I mean, like, my instinct in that moment would be like, what's going on? Like, yeah. let's talk about, we need to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah, I now, mean, that's, that's a very extreme example. It is. It never, ever happened. But I mean, <laughs> let me just clear that. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, 
my point is as negative as something can be or as positive, like a real friend should hear you out and a real yeah. friend should want to understand you and she would understand what's going on no matter what that seems like to them. Yeah, exactly. They, they should be able to, um, sort of, um, let go of their own judgment or their own limitations and be there for you exactly. fully. Hence the bad example. Right. <laughs> um, no, I love that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, and this is something that I like to ask people on the podcast, um, only because our, our entire life is obviously a collection of choices that we've made to get us to this point, you know, and we can have goals or not, or live our lives however we've chosen. We've created our, our lives as we wanted them to be absolutely even even if you're unhappy like there somewhere along the line you made a choice that's that's led you to exactly where you are right now um so i'm curious with you if there's been any pivotal moments in your life where you made a choice that you can vividly remember and you know helped shape a big event in your life i know that's very broad but i'm I'm just curious I mean, I'm trying to think. There's like a few. There's a few like career moments. I, I definitely was always someone who followed my gut, which I know is rare, but I have. So, for instance, there were a couple jobs, and I won't get into details because it could be so boring, but that I definitely ended up choosing the least popular one. Like, if you were in the, and by that, I mean like if my agent friends or the people around me giving me counsel were all like, oh my God, don't take that. Like, are you um, kidding? Like, that's not as good as that one. I know, let's say I was choosing between two job offers. Yes. And it was always, I don't know, like something's telling me I need to go there or I really enjoyed that interview process or every time I walked into that office, you I felt know. good. And by the way, for a couple of them, one specifically, I remember taking that interview being like, I, would, I don't say no to interviews and um, I so don't want this job. Like, it's not right for me. And that was the job I ended up taking just because I remember walking into that office and sitting there waiting for the interview being like, why does this feel really good? And then as the process went on, and frankly, when I got both offers, I didn't even play them off of each other, which is like the best thing you can really do if you want to make a much better penny. Yeah. (laughs) I just was like, I just took the one I wanted more. Um, And everyone thought I was crazy. And in the long run, it ended up being the best choice. The other place ended up going a little crazy for a while so it really was the best choice I worked for a producer once that I was ready to leave the business I just really liked him he's I still give him so much credit for my entire career because he showed me how to love what I was doing and not have to worry about Hollywood or the politics of it which I was struggling with I didn't Mm. like that part from the outsider perspective and when I was his assistant he could have given two shits and he was so good at what he did and he was so creative and he taught me how to love the actual job and I give him so much credit for like my career actually happening and skyrocketing because of him. And he supported me like it was nobody. And I was barely on his desk because that's what I got. That's when I ended up becoming an executive at a pretty young age. And I give him all the credit for that. So I there was just a couple times I just checked in and was like, even with him, I took a huge pay cut to work for him. And we're talking a pay cut when you're making no money. Yeah, that's... so it's like really hits you hard. I had to let go of like my health insurance. I had to. Yeah, it was a huge step backwards but I've said this before like 
that was the moment to me that life is like Frogger. Does anyone remember this? Am I too old? Am I totally dating myself? But Frogger is this great old game. <laughs> you guys have to look it up. Some of you I know are probably my age. I'll, like, yes, I'll, add a, I'll add a link to on the show notes. But you've got to get the frog across the street and there's cars that are coming. And so you can't just go straight. You try and go straight across that street, you're going to get hit by a car. Mm. So sometimes you have to go left and then you wait for cars to pass. And then sometimes you have to go right. And every once in a while, you even got to back up a little bit, look at the scene again, wait for the cars, and then you cross the street. So I used to tell people all the time, especially in entertainment, life is like Frogger. Like sometimes you have to take a step back or diagonally one way backwards, or sometimes you're going to the right or to the left. It's not always straightforward, but that could clear your entire path for you. And I think people are too, um, too connected to the idea that if you're not moving forward the entire time to a goal, like you were saying, mm-hmm. then you're not doing it right. And to me, it's like check in while you're moving because sometimes to the right is exactly your goal or to your left is exactly your goal. And don't worry so much about, you don't even know what that is that you're heading to because it can change a million times. Yeah. So it's like, what do you want? What's exciting? What are you learning? That was always my thing. What are you learning? Um, are you still being stimulated? Am I still excited? And as far as that was, I would always take that and I would stay there as long as that was happening. And I was always open to whatever would come my way. And it really helped. Does that answer your question? Oh my goodness, yeah. On a like professional big, level at least. Big time, yeah. Because, I, I mean, you said so many key things in that, especially with regard to checking in and tuning into your own wisdom or your, your yeah, you, you know, know intuition. And that's the thing. And even though you had people around you telling you, oh, maybe I don't know about that, you still went with what you felt was best. And I feel like that that sense is what we need to cultivate more, not just as women, but just everyone as, as people in, in this industry and just as people in general. Yeah. Cause it's so important to remember not one thing is going to make you necessarily happier or more successful. And right. we can all think we know what it's going to be, but you just really don't. I mean, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about when people get stuck and mm-hmm. how, to me, I think a lot about that where people are so scared to make changes yeah. because they don't know what it is and they know what their life looks like now. But I always want to tell those people, you really don't know what your life looks like now because it can all change tomorrow anyway. Yeah. Like, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. You don't yeah. know what tomorrow is. Like, you don't know that just because you have this job and this many kids and live in this house that something's not going to horrible. Like, you don't, something bad happened or good happened or you don't know if you're going to have to move. You don't know if, like, someone gets sick. You just don't know. So... If people would actually think about it, they'd realize every day is actually an unknown, so it actually doesn't matter. Like, take some chances, take some risks, because they're all unknowns. But we, we play tricks with our mind of feeling like every day is a little cushion, but you don't know tomorrow could be totally different. Yeah. One, in the other way of actually taking risks, you actually have more control over. And that's what people don't realize. It's like there's an action of actually having control by taking that leap because you're the one setting it in motion rather than waiting for the universe to shake that shit up for you and then you feel at a loss and scared and not sure what to do because it's all happening and you're not prepared. Yeah. Versus take some of those risks. Be the one to like drive that car. Like be the one to like move it forward because it's unknown no matter what. Every day is unknown. And so it's like why not be the driver into the unknown versus letting someone else drag you there. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That reminds me of this... um this story, one of my students actually uh, told me this story, and now I can't actually remember the exact name of, so there, do you know, like, how uh, in the jungle, like, in the Amazon, there are these fly monkeys, 
Um, and the, the way they get from tree to tree is they basically they're on the branches on these really huge tall trees and they let go and they just like fly onto the next tree. They're, they just, they've, you know, normally um, the monkeys, if they're going from branch to branch, they don't let go of a branch until yeah, they have another one. one. Yeah, that's how they go. The fly monkeys just kind of like freewheel and yeah, sometimes they fall to their death, you know, <laughs> they do die. But I feel like, you know, we have to live, you know, 20% like on the level of grabbing one limb and then the next and 80% just letting go and hoping or having faith that you're just going to grab onto that next. I totally agree. And I also feel like the fall is not as bad as you ever think it is if right. you do fall. Like if you don't grab whatever limb that is, if yeah. you fall, chances are it's going to be cushioning in its own way. It's yeah, you're not going to the... die. Right. Look at us both going really morose in some of our I samples know. today. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, here, murder someone and come talk to me. I'm here for you. New business. <laughs> I really hope everyone knew what I meant by that. No, um, I, think, I think they did. If not, they're going to send us all kinds I of messages. I know. I'm about to like, I'm hanging on. If I, if I no, you know, anything, judge away. I, and it's funny, and, and sometimes it does get a bit morbid, but I love murder mysteries. Like, oh, that's what I'm into. Oh, We go to oh, sleep yeah this is like and murder podcast i'm like obsessed with all these different you know love i get it and by the way so i thought about it i'm like if a friend of mine ever murdered someone and like was in jail like here's the thing like it doesn't mean i wouldn't be i can't i should probably just stop talking about i think because what if i'm your friend and something happens somebody's gonna know rosie's gonna go straight to tall because tall's gonna gonna know my point (laughs) is that no matter what happens to them through the court cases and jail, and even if I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, any friend of mine knows that I'm really honest with them, even if I don't agree with their actions, even if I think, like, I'm literally always a friend to be like, eh, you gotta let it, like, I might tell them that's not okay or blah, 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 but my point is I always do it without judgment and with so much love, and that's what I mean. It's like, do you know what I mean? Even Here's what I, I like, learned. How the fuck yeah, could you do no, this? totally. What the wrong with you? I still also know all the things they've given me as a friend and right. who they are with all those other layers, and I'd be able to like hold space for them anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So what I've you gathered is that you tall <laughs> is murderers. yeah no <laughs> tall is the epitome of ride or die. So I am. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. She's the type of friend that I'm we very would loyal. we would kill for. I'm loyal, literally. And again, it doesn't mean I would agree with your actions or support the actions, but I would still remember there's a shit ton of layers that are also part of that human right. being. Oh, thank you for that. All right, so I've got just a couple I more hope you questions. Edit that no, we're gonna leave it. In. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so last couple of questions, and I ask all my guests uh, these following ones. Um, partly because I'm curious, and the other part is because I just like to see our evolution, just as humans. If you could go back in time, if any, what advice would you give fifteen-year-old Tall? Fifteen. You will like your mom, I swear. That's what I would say. What? I'd say by 16 is when I started like really liking my parents. I love my parents. Like It's nobody's business. I'm Nicole, who's in the room with us, Like knows I say it all the time how thankful I am for my parents. Like So, 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 so thankful. They've given me unbelievable gifts, and they're incredible parents. We were just very contentious, and a lot of it was me. So I would go back to like angry, tall, and just be like, they're actually really good parents. Like, chill the fuck out. That's probably what I would say. It would have made life a lot easier for a lot of us. Mm, okay. Like, they're people too. Is probably what I would have said. Yeah. All right. What advice would your ninety-five-year-old self tell you now? 
let it go. Just let everything go. Probably, and I've gotten so much better at doing that, but probably just like keep doing what makes you happy every single day and just the other stuff will work itself out. Okay. Do you have any words of wisdom that you live by or is there an affirmation that you've said to yourself for a long time? I really do truth. I think I live by truth and it's something I had to learn and I I mean I've always I always would say that but something I truly had to learn and I learned that later in life of how to really be honest with how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking no matter how it might hurt someone else or how it might be judged or reacted to. Mm. And that's been a huge one. I think if you can fall on truth and if you can own it no matter what it looks like um everything works out yeah no matter how it feels in the moment yeah that's great uh and the final question is uh with regard to this podcast and um, you know the i started radically loved as this idea to create a community or create a forum for people to go to to you know, get inspired or feel supported. The idea is that the universe works for us and not against us. We're radically loved by God, source, the universe. I always say baby Buddha or baby Krishna or baby Jesus. Whatever it is, your higher power of your understanding, the universe is here for you. And uh, we are all radically loved, right? And so the question for you is two-part questions. The first one is, how do you feel radically loved? And then what do you radically love? I love that, by the way, because I think it goes back when you were talking, not to not answer the questions directly. Um, it made me think of the monkey again falling. And when we said the fall will never be so bad, but that's why. Like to me, the yeah. fall will never be that bad because the universe will always be there for you. And it'll just teach you everything you need to know on that fall. <laughs> um, so how do I feel radically loved? Again, I think I've never felt alone and I feel really lucky for that. I feel like, and I've not always known what I call that, like whether it was God when I was younger and I was raised Jewish, whether it be spirit. I, saw, I use God a lot, but it's not necessarily the way people think of it. It's more as this big power and feels unified. So, and I tend to talk. <laughs> I'm crazy. I like murder and I talk to myself. Um, but I do tend to talk, like especially in my meditations, I tend to really chat like with like my guides or the spear or whatever, like sometimes it's funny conversations and I'm I just like, I know they're there, even if I just know they're there. So I just feel radically loved that way. I think the universe, I do feel very connected to the universe and it goes back to the trees talking, the, you know, snow glistening, like those things to me are so unbelievably beautiful. It's just a reminder every day that we're all connected. Um, and look, I'm also lucky. I have, like you said, ride or die. I have an amazing, amazing group of friends like incredible group of tight friends I know whatever happened to me <laughs> would be there for me and always love me and I think that is an incredible cushion to take any fall with it gives you a lot of it takes away a lot of fear because you know once again I'm at least on this earth plane I'm not alone either and I know I'll never be alone and that's a lovely feeling what do I radically love well so many things so many so many things I feel very grateful for this earth for this world for this time around for this life so I feel like I love that sometimes so much like my body shakes my daughter of course it's like it's it is really true when you have a little human and people get this with their animals too so they get it like you can't imagine loving something as much as you possibly do and it's an incredible feeling and I like 
radically love her. And of course, all my, like, Alec and my significant other and my friends and all those people who I know also radically love me. But there is something about having a child that, like, just, it breaks you into a million pieces and, like, all this light just comes out. It's pretty incredible. Oh, oh my god. Thank you so much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was so sweet. I love that. Yeah, I always man. love hearing people's because every single person that answers this question lights up so much oh, and yeah. it's just you like should. you should light up when you're oh, talking about it. Um, and we all have a lot to radically love. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank um, you. This was great. Thank you so much for doing this. For people listening, where can they go to find you and connect with you and hear more about the den. Absolutely. Well, den, our website, denmeditation.com. Also Instagram, Twitter, same handle, den meditation. Um, please come find us. We have a lot going on retreats, all stuff. If you're not in the area that you can still do. And we also have our own podcast, den talks, where we talk about a lot of this fun stuff. Um, so please listen there too. If you're not in the area and can't come in and enjoy us in person. But it was so great being here. Yay. So, and all of the links that Tal just said will be on the show notes. So if you click on the info, all of those links will be there, including the frog. What is this? The frog thing you were talking about? Oh, Frogger. Frogger, yeah. So, so if you're curious, so I'll put a link on there. We'll all discover what it is. So yeah, thank you all so much for listening. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend. And don't forget to tag us on Instagram because we're there a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Is there something missing in your life? Is there something that you want to do in the world to create an impact but feel that it's overwhelming? So many of us walk through life feeling unsatisfied, overwhelmed, tired, and desperate for a deeper connection, but don't quite know how to achieve the things that we want in life. Join us this spring at the Dunsky Castle in Scotland for seven days of yoga, meditation, and yoga nidra, all focusing on finding your life's purpose. During our time together, we will learn how and when to take action, how to lead from our heart and not our head, how to break up with our inner critic for good, and dive deep into learning about desire and discipline and how this creates a purposeful life. For more information, go to radicallyloved.com or you can message us at info at radicallyloved.com, subject Scotland. We'll see you soon.